0: Welcome to In The Loop Podcast, a podcast that is inspired by the breakaway roping lifestyle. I'm your host, Jordan Joe, professional rodeo athlete, NFR qualifier, and business owner. My goal is to promote the sport of breakaway roping alongside with celebrating and highlighting elite competitors in and out of the arena. This podcast shares the raw and the real of breakaway roping, bringing you behind the scenes stories from competitors, producers, leaders, and the trailblazers all sharing stories of the Western culture and the lifestyle that they live daily. Join me to talk about Breakwire Opening, the history, the present, and the future of our sport. If you want to be in the loot, you're in the right place. Thank you for joining us. Take a listen.
1: Okay, guys. So today we are here with Cody Ol, go around champion, twenty time NFR qualifier, six gold buckles, three average wins, four Cheyenne titles, all around title. You name it, this guy's won it. And I'm just excited to have him here today. I'm I'm with my husband Raymond Hollibaugh. He's co-hosting, and really, Cody, we just want to talk about, you know, your your career and your highlights. And honestly, I think you are one of the best, if not the best, at what you do. And how that can shed a little bit of light on the breakaway roping world
2: sure you know that's uh that's kind of where I'm at right now is you know i have my own daughter you know competing in breakaway so you know i'm all in you know i've I got a great job training horses and got a great boss but you know even in times it's kind of my time and and you know get to watch a lot of great breakaway on the cowboy channel and and slow mo it and break it down and see who's doing what and why and how and you know, shoot messages here and there and get, you know, get other people's ideas. And, you know, like I tell them, I said, I'm not, I'm not being the arrogant one and, and doing all this stuff. You know, it was handed down to all of us. I just put my own twist on it and it worked for me and it worked for the guys that, you know, that invented it. So, uh, just, you know, i got girls coming to me now and I mainly just do tune-ups and, and sharpening skills. I, you know, I don't have time to, I don't have time to start from beginners. You know, it, it just takes too much of my time with having a job. Well, I know
3: through the years watching you getting to compete, compete against you and everything, even from the time you were a kid. And I remember when you were living in that apartment at Roy's. You roped so good then, but through the years, just everything kept stepping up, and you were always great throughout the year at the regular rodeos, but it seemed like when it came NFR time, you were even on a different level. And uh, that's what I'd like for you to talk about is some of that stuff, you know, like that today. Did you, when you got to the Thomas and Mac, did you look at things different mentally or the way that you had done things throughout the year or did you prepare the same? How how did you go about you know, taking it from the regular old long grind of qualifying to, to when you got there.
2: You know, for one, you know we had just enough break, and uh, you know I just tried to stay sharp. You know, I didn't. You know, I I just feel like people overthink it. You know, I I kept it I kept it real simple. I, I mean, I I've always been the guy. You know, everybody wants to go into slack; they get the little extra haze and all that stuff. You know, you you put fans in the in the seats, I'm going to be a half second faster on that calf than I would be at any slack run, you know, and yeah. it's just the way I've been my whole life. I fed off the fans. I fed off the haters. I fed off anything that, that drove me, you know, and, uh, you know, like I've got, I've got girls coming here now that are, that are great ropers, you know, and, and, and myself, and, and I got a pin full of Jersey calves and only had a notch above those to to sharpen my tools and, and really sharpen my horse's tools before I went to Vegas. I never, when I got to Vegas, my horse thought he was the greatest horse in the world. He, you know, he knew he could catch one, two swings right there. Uh, he wasn't sore. Uh, my confidence wasn't down running a bunch of hard running cattle and getting bad goes. You know, I knew I was going to get good goes. So why do I want to practice on trying to, you know, really grind and really get sore and really do things, start doing things a little wrong and getting my horse, my horse's confidence was the whole deal, you know, like, so now, you know, I'm, I'm processing it with these girls, you know, to get their horses, right. You know, just running these nice calves, they get off the muscle a little bit. They're going to be more flat. They're going to be more level leaving across there through the, you know, through your delivery, what, what ranked girls don't understand is if their horse is getting them, they're costing them money, they're costing them championships. If their horse is not giving them a hundred percent, it's taken away from you being super sharp and you're already rope great. You know, you don't have to take that throw every time in the practice spin. I can I got girls coming now that they see that shot at two swings and they don't have to take that shot now because they feel it. It's kind of like a kind of gives you that feeling like, wow, there it is. That's the one I've been looking for, and that's the one I've been, you know, going through this process here to to get to that shot without having to take it, without getting my horse tight. Then I can pick my horse up an extra two swings, rope a sharp neck, do that five or six times, and put it away. Yeah.
1: Well, and talk a little bit about, you know, I want to circle around here. you're You're talking about two different things I want to break down here is the horse's confidence and then your roper's confidence, too. So talk a little bit about both of those, and in your opinion, you know, how the horsemanship plays in and such a vital part. You know, one thing that as I'm a breaker roper and I look back or just look forward to what we're doing right now, you know, the horse is such a vital part in what we do. Being in the barrier is such a vital part and being able to take that shot. But first, you got to have it. So talk a little bit about where you think the horsemanship is and then the roper ability comes with it.
2: Yeah, sure. Just roping these great calves is what Get your horse's mind right and dialed in, and getting him broke to the pen, and 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 you being in the perfect position, leaving every time where you learn to lock in behind that swell, stay up, stay square, have that tip down, and be with your horse. You know, a lot of these girls want to sit, and, and a lot of them team roped. You know, so they kind of want to have a little, you know, straight up style. You know, their their core is just too straight instead of kind of breaking over and being with that horse and running with that horse and guiding him and not. You know, a lot of people want to really get high and pick them up and step them to the right or step them to the left or, or I'm, I'm 100% about crossing over at the score line. You know what, what these girls don't get that are teaching this crap, y'all wrote 90% of the time wore out tie down cast. So what are they going to do when you cross Mm -hmm. over? They're going to lower their head just like they do. They're going to cruise off to the right and your horse is going to the left. So I mean, it's not right. going to work, you know. And you know, I, I mean, these junior ropings and stuff are all great that that everybody's putting on. And but when you got a V, and you're starting out at twelve foot wide, whatever the box is, and you V it to fifty feet, you're, you're you know you're just teaching these kids to just to throw a hula hoop out there, really, because they really got a pretty dang good chance of throwing it out there and catching. You know, we're not you're not teaching them any right. horsemanship. You're not You're not teaching them to get to that pin And drive If they step into the left, drive to the left As they're cruising to the right You gotta pick up and push over there To that throw I mean, I get girls here that are as rank as they are uh, As rank as any girl is Two swings As soon as one breaks off And that horse pulls into them Just a little bit to the left And the calf steps right You know, they look like a beginner And uh, that's just I'm just trying to reprogram some of these girls that are just right there on the borderline of being good or being a superstar. And that's why I break it down every night. So hard and so crucial is because I'm raising a breakaway roper. There's thousands and thousands of good ropers. I I won't settle for good. I mean, it's if you're not in the top 10%, you know, they have amateur rodeos right. mm-hmm. for a reason. That's where you better head because them them yeah, top absolutely. 10 girls are going to get your 10% of girls are going to get your money every single night. Yeah, you're going to win one out of 10, but what I'm training here is is, let's fix this horse where you're five bullets. You're going to get three checks out of five, not one out of 10, you know, and keeping right. that horse honest and, right. and moving forward and giving you that same honest throw every time. Yeah. You got to get that sucker stopped to, and get that flag broke off of there. But, you know, you go to missing a couple and they go to hitting on that front end, pulling to the left as them calves break off to the right or vice versa. You know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a doggy dog world out there. And, it's, it, and on top of that, it's expensive. And, uh, you know, it ain't hard to get a, a bad, a sour attitude pretty quick.
0: When I went down the road of becoming an entrepreneur, It was really one of the scariest things that I have ever done, but something I'm so thankful for now. I have literally started from the ground up with over 10 years of experience, and that is where Fabrizio Marketing originated from. Marketing can be very confusing and overwhelming, and if you're just starting your business or you're not sure which steps to take or how to take them, let us help. We can help you get started from the ground up with establishing your business, creating a logo, creating a brand for your business, designing a website, social media management, email marketing, you name it, we can do it. Let's get focused on growing your business and let me and my team do the hard work for you. Visit our website at FabrizioMarketing.com or you can email me at Jordan at com. We can't wait to work with you. Now let's get back to breakaway roping.
1: So talk a little bit about, you know, one thing I think, as you're talking about, this takes me back to, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the jackpot ropens we go to, a lot of the junior ropens we go to, they're lanes. And like you said, so they're kind of creating this, this issue to where really the calf can't go anywhere. Your horse can't go anywhere. You see to start, you throw it. And I think that that's something sure. as, as we've been out there rodeoing on these last few years, we've really experienced, like there's different score lines. It's not just, you know, right behind them anymore, the different arenas, different boxes, all these things that are, that go with it. And then that's where you've seen the the difference in the horsemanship and, and the roping levels and stuff like that. So what are, you know, talk a little bit about the calves you rope. You were just talking about you rope some Jersey calves and stuff. Why why do you do that? What, what's your intention and your purpose behind that?
2: Well, I mean, for one, I don't want to get, I mean, I want to keep my confidence great. I want to I want to see what I want to see. So like for instance the girls I'll say like Casey Gill Churchill and her mother, they've been coming here for 2 weeks now. We got a set of fresh jersey calves and they run medium speed, a couple of them try a little bit, and a couple of them are off the pace a little bit. But they are those they've kind of gotten where they gotten tight in that corner a little bit and and then they get a little elevation. So what happens then is our scoring gets off We don't, we get to where now where they sit there, their horse isn't moving around. And a lot of times now they'll nod and I won't open the gate. I mean, I'll just account, you know, a one, two, you know, and then I'll open it if the horse is still standing there square because I want them to start learning to trust Mm -hmm. their left hand. And so that's, that's what my ropings have been created because we rope great calves. So you really don't get your skirt blown up if, if you miss the barrier six inches or a foot but I want them girls to learn to trust your left hand and you got to, that horse has got to stand there flat footed and at my rope, you got to see right at probably a point of the shoulder. And like I said, you can ride a, you can ride your faturity horse. You can ride your great horse. You're still going to catch up three swings, no more than five swings. And you're going to get lots of, lots of the same throws, lots of the same feel across there. And until you get that repetition of doing it, you know, It's hard for me to watch tie-down ropers nowadays. They want me to come help them, and they run 10 calves, and they make two great runs. not bragging on myself, but you tell me, hey, these are 10 good calves right here, and I'm riding my best horse. I may mess up one calf. If you tell me, hey, Mm -hmm. Cody, go tie these 10 calves at 8.5, I promise you I can do it. And nowadays, because they're not staying consistent and, and trusting a good practice session, and I've been helping my neighbor the same way, and he's roping good calves now. He's changed his whole arena setup, roping coming out from behind them, not roping in a team roping setup. And this is my a number one rule: How many damn team ropers do you see build a calf roping pin to sharpen their team roping skills? So why would you be a top notch, world class, world champion calf roper and build a team roping pin to sharpen your calf roping skills? Mm-hmm. So. That's another thing I've been trying to put out there, you know, to get your setup for a calf roper or breakaway roping setup. You know, everybody wants to put their chutes on the left side of the fence over there and and have a team roping pin. And the whole time, the calf is wanting to cut in front of you because your damn let out gate is to the right. So what your horse is trying to do is trap the calf on the right. I like the right hip but i want that right hip when i ask them to be the right hip i want them on the left hip when i ask them the left hip but the horses get to where they know that calf's going to come in front of them at some point well they're those horses just wanting to beat them to the punch is all they're doing so they just ride Mm -hmm. to that right hip and then that horse is just gradually trying to trap that calf to keep him over there to the left you know and that gets the horses stopping into you it gets them it gets them tight and then it, you know, it really exposes you. If you're not a, a rope and son of a gun, you ain't going to pull that shot off, you know, and especially if one comes across there and steps left and your horse is used to trying to trap them on that left fence.
3: Yeah. I know through the years you rode a lot of different horses, won a lot of championships on different horses. Did you try to pattern your horses pretty close to the same, or did you try to adjust yourself to different horses?
2: Um, you know, you know I, I, it's, it, that's it, it. You know, everybody asks me daily. You know, what's the best horse you rode? Well, I won five world championships, and that was because that horse brought bought into my process, and I and I kind of bought into his. You know, kind of a halfway deal. There were some of them I had to completely change. There was some of them I had to free up. There was some of them I had to get on the right hip. There was some of them that didn't duck, so I had to dang sure be straight behind them. And where I can keep them up on a, on a good calf, but the the setup where you're coming out behind the calf is where you can keep a horse's shoulders picked up and you can move them to the right and move them to the left. And, and the whole problem is everybody wants to pick them up real high, put the spur in them, bend them like a barrel horse, cross over to the right of them too far. And then when you go too far, you've got to let them go back to throw your rope and everybody wants to throw their rope and get off at the same time. So you're defeating the purpose of picking them up, moving them over. You know, it's more of a, it's more of a push ahead down low. And then you're broke over at the hips. You're locked in behind the swell and you're more or less pushing that horse instead of picking him up and getting him off stride and, and shifting his shoulders one way or the other, you know, and then like these girls now that another thing is that when they throw, soon as they throw they want to put a spur in them and jump them three foot to the right, right. i mean we're not roping tie down if he's straight behind them and then chopping no. right there that's what you want you know why do you why do you want to do that and then every once yeah. in a while as you're delivering the horse is stepping into you and taking away your throw
3: what what do you think in the box situation from the way you did it to the way these girls are doing it what do you think you know, from holding the horn to cocking your rope in there, what what is your viewpoint of that?
2: I mean, I, I mean, I'm a Larry D fan. She's the greatest. She's the greatest of all time. You know, like I, I mean, I post this every now and again. It's not to step on anybody's toes. It's not nothing. That's what works for her. Her style works for her. You've got to I, yeah. the same deal I'm talking about. I take mine and I put a little twist. I put a little twist of her. I put a little twist to her. I put a little twist of whoever else. It's you know I'm gonna use this rope because Larry D uses this rope. I'm gonna use this rope because Jackie uses that rope. What they don't get is the greats can beat your ass with an extension cord. It's yeah. not that that rope is the one for you. That girl goes and finds the greatest sponsor she can find. And she tells them to make me a rope that I can that I can win with, okay? At, without any tip weight, yeah. you're trying to become great. You've got to find that rope that's going to do a lot of the work for you. Those ropes, I mean, I'm not, like I said, it, it's not about a rope company. It's not about this, not about that. To learn how to do it correct from the get-go, you've got to have a rope that'll do some of the work for you And, you know, it's, it's all about, it's all about finding that perfect mix. You know, it's not, I'm using this rope because so-and-so uses it. Well, you're not so-and-so and and you'll never be so-and-so. So and so so we got to find something to get you to where her, to where she's at, but it's not going to be this rope and it ain't going to be a few other things that floating around out there, you know?
1: Well, and one thing, you know, just sitting here listening to you and, and we've talked about rope and, you know, on and off of here, but You've perfected it, and and all the greats. I mean, you know, there's a sacrifice that goes into being a a champion, being a world champion, being any kind of champion, having that mindset. Um, But one thing I think that is consecutive throughout is that everybody has their own style, and they know how – like, you know how Cody ropes. Sure. Um, World champions know how world champions rope, whatever. But you've broke it down to a precision to where – I mean, it's not just like, hey, you got to back in there, see this and and make your run. It's like you broke it down to the smallest increment of increments. And so, you know, as you're talking to these breakaway ropers and stuff, how has that been received of, you know, because I think that's a whole new mindset. I think that's a whole new level. And I've said this many times, you know, I think we were rookies and we were rookies, but essentially we'd never had to think at this level and now you're seeing that. So you're, you know, we're here grinding it out or I feel like I am. So talk a little bit about that and just really knowing and and working on and focusing on your style and how you, you perfected that.
2: Sure. Uh, you know, like, you know, I, I message some girls that are great, you know, like, and I personally tell them, Hey, I'm not in your, if you tell me to shut up, I'm doing it this way. And I think my way's best. Hey, you tell me that. But I'm processing this. I I watch Larry D. I watch her horsemanship. What people like people were messaging me, why do you post all this stuff training horses? People are gonna copy this, this and that. I said, Let me tell you something. They cannot copy the feel of my hands. They can't copy the feel of pushing one a step further just by moving your ass cheek one way or the other or pushing your quad muscle through one swell harder each way you know larry d breaks it down all the time you know easing up to those dummies or coming out of the box it it, to gain that feel you are a great 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 roper i mean i'm not worried about anybody copying anything i do because it's all, it's all in my mind. It's all in the, the, feel of your hands, your body movement, your body posture, you know uh, what they don't get is, is girls like Larry D sitting there sitting straight up with their rope kind of behind them. They forget the greats of how much core strength they have. You know, they're not just, just cause they look like they're sitting up straight right there that they, they've got just 2% broke over right there. And it's, And when they do that, that core is tight before they ever nod their head. And you can just sit here and watch the ones that are trying to copy the style, but they're not knowing the core strength. They're not knowing that 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 core is in that great roper's mind when they're sitting there and they're clenching their jaw and they're clenching their thighs and they're squeezing their saddle. So when that high-powered horse goes forward, they're going forward. Their chin's going forward. It's going down. The tip of their rope's going down. You watch these girls that are trying to copy this that don't know all that. They nod. They pick their left hand up too high, leaving there. They rock back in the back of the saddle. They get, The first thing does, their chin comes up. Well, then, it, you know, it comes to your tips leaving up there high, leaving the first swing. You're not drove through the swell. You're not where you need to be. You know, I'm showing still shots to great ropers. To other great ropers, to other great ropers. Look, look where this girl's horse is at. Look where your horse is at. She's one nine. You're two four. Is all that was is one more step to the left directly behind the calf. Y'all are both broke over in the perfect body position, core strength, drove over the swell and delivering all the way down to your target. But the only difference is her horse stayed hooked one more stride to the pin past the chute and she was directly behind the calf and you're having to go one more jump because your horse is not staying hooked right there Mm -hmm. and trust in the process
1: well and I think that's something that Raymond and I've talked about a bunch and I've seen him you know just coaching all these girls through the many years he's been the rodeo coach here is it's a feel for for a lot of us and and especially girls like he can tell me something and I'm like okay but I still don't get it but if I can feel it Then I, then I understand it and then I can apply it more. But one thing that, I mean, I've watched your videos over and over again, because I think the way, or for me and my rope and the way you leave the box or the way you left the box coming over the shoot, I felt like you had one of the most accurate shots consecutively over and over and over again, you know, especially at the NFR, I thought you had it on them faster than than anybody did so how did you how did you work through that and what were some of the things that that you did to get that feel to make that happen and and to be that accurate every time
2: It, it goes back to the same deal like i study everybody in the box i study their body posture you know what what people don't get is like sailor my daughter she's always when she was a little bit younger she would say like Dad, you just wandered around, you tied a calf in six, seven. What are you mad about? Like, you look like you're the maddest person in the world when you throw your hands up. Well, anytime it's a setup designed for two swings, three swings, four swings, when I get set there and I take my deep breath, and 90% of the time, I don't even take a deep breath. I just, when, when I'm ready and the calf's ready and my horse is ready, I take me just a little half, kind of a little half breath, and then that's the last time I breathe until I throw my hands up. When I when I back in there and everything's perfect, I take my little little breath and then I from that point, from the my jaw muscles to my neck muscles to my back muscles to my core, my lower stomach, to my quads, and to the inside of my knees, I'm squeezing the saddle. I'm clenched. I'm I'm like a ball of muscle from the time I nod until I throw my hands up. And mm-hmm. what that does for me is, is makes me be in that perfect position leaving there because I am clenched, I'm, I'm riding with my horse, I'm not blowing my legs up in the air, my horse isn't blowing me back in the air, you know, I'm not getting my legs gapped out too far, I'm squeezing through the swells and kicking with the you know, lower part of my leg. And until you get that feel and, and coming across there smooth every time at home, you'll never master that, you know, and like I said, I've only missed maybe three or four calves out of 199 head for money in Las Vegas, because I tried to keep that same feel, the same body know. posture breaking mm-hmm. over and being with my horse, you know, to, to rope. I mean, the lady asked me the other day, she was like, Hey, I know you won 52 go rounds in the tie down at the NFR. Who can I send my daughter to? to get her sharper and get her ready to break away. I said, well, honey, before I won 52 rounds in the tie down, the first thing I did, was I won 52 rounds in the breakaway. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to my horses being dialed in a hundred percent. And if it didn't work is because I was struggling with that horse a little bit to be dead on and trust in the process, you know, and, and he would get me a little bit and, you know, and, and another thing that would get me at Vegas was this, you get so consumed it dialed in at that calf's head and, and you got that little dead area from from you losing that calf's head for six inches till you can see it outside the gate. I would follow that calf too much inside the chute instead of knowing when that calf moved three inches and I broke to the pin with my tip down. The very next thing I needed to go to was the end of the gate to where his head was going to be. I mean, there's a guy standing on the line, so I know he's not going to just disappear on me, right? He's going to be there. I'm going to be able to see his head just in blink of an eye. So if I ever felt like I got my shorts jerked down, it was because I stayed hooked in the chute too long with him. And then all of a sudden, my when my eyes went to the end of the chute, it was like, oh, crap, my eyes are behind the shoulder now because the calf has kind of beat my vision, and he beat my tip of my loop where I need to be. So like I see guys copy what I do at Vegas, right up to the box and, and swing their rope and do all that stuff. So my first text is, why are you doing that? I know that I did it and then you started doing it, but what, what, what is the reason why you're doing it? And then I'll tell you the reason why I do it. My reason is is that's where I know. I know 100% when I nod and go my horse is going to be there, my my left foot's gonna be about six inches from the chute. And I am visioning visioning that calf's head being right where the barrier's gonna pull. So I'm 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 that's what keeps me from getting locked in so much in the chute. So when I see my start, I'm immediately going to that spot because like I said, there's a guy standing eight or ten foot to the left of that line right there. So that calf ninety-nine percent of the time is gonna be right there. So I wanna adjust my eyes from, yeah, I seen what I wanted to see, and now I'm going out here where the tip of my loop and my first swing is covering the it's covering the the end of the chute, the very first swing. And then my second swing is gonna end right where that calf is hitting that score line and popping that neck rope, and then that's where I'm coming with it there, or one more swing. But my eyes and my vision and my tip of my loop are right there every time when that barrier comes off at a fast setup.
3: Well, I know there was something you said just a while ago about girls kind of getting gapped open, leaving the corner and getting so far behind. I, I see that a lot. In fact, sure, we've worked on that a lot with Jordan. And, you know, instead of getting in the swells with your feet down, and like you said, using the lower part of the legs, they gap open, and then the horses get out from under them, and then they're behind. And I I know a lot of girls have really worked on that deal, but that's that's still kind of an ongoing problem out there with a lot of them, I think.
2: So what what gets a horse a horse tight, and you know it, is being inconsistent with that is not locked in every time across there and squeezing and pushing and making that horse getting such a cool pattern you leave there with your chin up you done pulled your reins up high you're you're a half a stride behind your horse so you're fighting like hell to get back to where you originally wanted to be and then oh crap there's my shot then you make that big move from the front of the saddle slamming into the swell and two or three times of that that horse is reading the play then they know that mm -hmm. the you know the the compensation from the back of the saddle to the front of the saddle and driving through that swell like and that's where they get you know they get real front endy they get where you can't push them through it and then that's when they start taking your throw away
3: going to the nfr to get the mindset and know exactly what you were wanting to do or did you kind of have that ideal, even the first time you went there, or just from going through the years. Did you learn that process and what you were wanting to work on when you got there?
2: Sure, you know, like I said, I, I mean, I finally wanted. I mean, saying finally, I mean, I made it. Ninety four was my first year, and then you know, ninety seven, you know, finally got it done. And I was, it just felt like I was gradually getting to that point, you know. But until I, until I really got through ninety six and and started really getting that feel. I mean like many times I've roped there, at many calves I've roped, many match opens I've roped, I've never felt a feeling like you get when you back into that box there. I mean it's yeah, it's a short score and all, but I mean, it you miss that sucker, that can't get you by two inches right there. It feels like twenty feet, you know? Yeah. And you know, it, it's hard for me to, you know, what I learned from 94 to 96 is I the best go is no more than three swings because the calf is just broke the neck rope. He kind of, it kind of broke his stride just barely. And if you're going full tilt right there and you can get him on the roping and then getting that separation and get you a slap down or, or they get to the end of it a little faster. So you don't have to, you know, it looked like I rode the stirrup a long time, but I was reaching just enough and getting them on the separation. So when I got beside my horse there, it happened so fast. You know, it come tight in my hand. You know, you go you go past that third swing you rope, the calf's already going, oh, crap. You know, I'm already at the – I'm already thinking – the calf's already thinking about the back end. So he goes yeah. to shim in. He goes to letting up. And then it feels like you're in the stirrup for days, you know, and then 90% of them won't, won't stay – hooked to the process they kick the stirrup so then that's when they get the rolling falls or horses ducking off to the left you know it's not coming tight snappy to the saddle horn where that horse is really going to give you 110 percent versus 75 percent because you really didn't get a good go calves running off one way or the other and then they what i call it lofting because once they get the halfway they're kind of running on top of the ground looking for somewhere to go you know And you're not going to get a true, you're not going to get a true go. Like you was tying one from the post, you know, as all the goes, I got from getting roping on the separation there and, and finding them right off the bat right there was be patient for thousandth of a second. And then when that sucker's easing around and it's just like flanking and tying from the post from then on, it's not having to overthink or really place my slack and I got off too soon and you know, all that stuff, but you know, I I try not, I mean, I'm not even to that point anymore. I don't, I don't really break down the tie down anymore. I'm bought into this breakaway deal and, you know, trying to raise the greatest I can. So, you know, it's, but it's all the same thing. Once the girls get in there to Vegas to the Thomas and Mac, they're going to have to buy into this process. What I'm talking about, you know, the, the going past the third swing, you're going to be, you're going to be three flat. Yeah, even in that little short setup, because the calves are going to be letting off and they're not going to break the flag, you know, pop your string fast enough, you know, so yeah. they're going to have to learn the same deal. They're going to have to learn to be to the front. They're going to have to learn to find that tip and find it right there at the score line and rope on that separation.
3: I know that's the place these girls are headed. I think it will eventually happen. I'm not sure how long, but,
2: you know, I, th-
3: I think it's going to be a change for them. You know when they do get there from some of the stuff that you're saying, and if if you were going to give one of these any of these girls any advice about the way to prepare, you know, or is there a certain way you would try to prepare going into that situation, other you know than what they're doing now? What advice would you give them?
2: I'm just if you're gonna if you're gonna invest like these girls are investing and in, in any roper at that stage if you're not investing in making your setup to make you better then you're going in reverse if you're not roping the right calves you're going in reverse and then with all that said you're ruined you know i've got guys that i watched in the tie down i said hey man I do live right on 281. There's two little things you can change and you're not going to have to buy another $80,000 horse at the end of the year. This horse will last you three years if you will change two things. But why, why do I quit on calf roping? Because nobody, everybody's got it figured out. They're too cool to, to stop in. They're, they're too cool to whip in and change two simple things. It's mm-hmm. all it takes is just Someone telling you that's been there and done that, you know, there's guys, there's world, there's world champions today that won't win another one until they change two things. And I'm not Mm -hmm. afraid to to text them and tell them that, you know, Hey man, there's two things that you'll change. That'd be the only gold buckle you wear. There's two things you change or you'll be the reserve world champ the rest of your life. Yeah. You know I mean? I'm. I'm not. Like I'm telling you, I'm not the the guru. But if, if Gary Lafuse says he's a guru in the bull riding, well, my shit's on paper, so. <laughs> you uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not
3: exactly.
2: competing. I'm not competing against you, but I can't watch this either. I'll fast forward exactly. right through that crap. Well, that and that's, that's exactly kind of how I well. I mean, these these girls are buying in to what I'm telling them. You know, and I'm, I'm not making a penny sending this text. These girls are rank. They are, they're as good as they get. 10 of them. They're as good as they get. There's a thousand of them that are good. So you better buy into their process. And I just enjoy tweaking on the ones that I know are on the edge of greatness, you know, and that want to listen.
3: Well, that's exactly why I wanted to talk to you on this because I saw you through the years. I know a lot of them have seen you on tape. There was none any better. And just like some of the stuff you were talking about, you're scoring at Vegas, getting it on them. It was a very consistent thing. And, you know, and I, I honestly, I think some of those guys can help those girls More than the girls can. I'm not taking anything away from the girls, but I think they they ride their horses a little sharper. I think their ropes a little sharper, and I've heard them say, "We y'all don't have to reach." Well, I tell you what, they let you, you know, get ready for that and enter the breakaway. They better watch out, you know.
2: Sure. I mean, Um, it's all the same thing. Like when I when I came in the steer trip. Oh, this is, you don't reach. You run up there and do this. You run, watch this. <laughs> Hold my coat, watch this. I'll <laughs> cool tripping a steer with the best of them. I mean, you know, I, I got, like I said, Casey Gale comes here. She can throw a cool and a half, and it's like a girl that's running up there in the middle of them. I mean, yeah, there's some talent out there, but she's been so talented since the age of 12, and now she's 17, and she feels like, feels like, you know, she's kind of reached her peak because all these girls have caught up to her. And now all the stuff I told her three years ago, she's like, oh, crap. She's like a church mouse when she turns around in the box. Now she wants to hear every word I say. And she's already a great roper. But until we pick that horse's shoulder up in the right way, until we stepped him to the left the right way, until we come across there and go, And just smile, knowing, wow, I was fixing to crack a knot off that sucker you could hear 10 miles away. And then Uh you don't even have to take it. You don't even have to take it. Go to your fourth swing and let that horse free roll two more jumps. You know that shot was there. You know when that neck rope comes off Sunday, that shot, you are ready for that shot. Yeah. And, you know, that until you start doing that, and, and that's my other deal is, If you rope rodeo calves every single run, you're going to be off balance eight out of 10. You're going to try to make things work that, you know, you're going to be forcing things. You're going to be out of whack a little bit. You're going to be throwing. Until you start trusting your left hand, let them calves drop. stay, Stay to the process. Broke over, core strength, drive through that swell, tip down, and get to where that is. You ought not have, I don't even have to think about that anymore. I'm riding two, three, four-year-old Colts out of the box, and my first reaction is broke over, pushing through the swell, and if you're not teaching them that they need to go, even with that pressure to the swell, they've got to keep moving forward. The pressure to the swell don't mean slam on the brakes and throw you through the dashboard. The pressure to the swell comes from roping the sled, keeping that pressure On the swell the whole time. Not going from the middle of the saddle. I'm fixing to throw. Now I'm a cram to the swell. Well, there you go. Head goes down. Front end goes down. And two calves later, you're back to fighting your head. You're back to fighting your horse. Your horse is not trusting you. You're not trusting your horse.
1: All right. Well, and, you know, one thing I think that, like, y'all were talking about getting a different perspective and, and having guys help you. One thing I will say is I think, you know, as a woman, we get a little, you know, minded, focused on one thing. And I think you can't see a different perspective. And that's been one thing that I really enjoyed listening to you guys, asking people questions, you know, gaining and gleaming off of what the success that you've had is you do see a different perspective. And there are little things that you can add to make you grow up and step up and and do better. But one thing I want to ask you, you know, I know there was one year and I don't know exactly how many rodeos, but. You know, we're talking about all the mechanical stuff, but there's also another side of it that's the the mental game. And I think that's one thing, just me speaking personally or anybody else who's honest out there, struggles with the most, whether you're a girl or a guy, I think is the mental game. And I know one year you maybe went to 40 rodeos and made the NFR, which is like such an amazing feat. I think or, it was less
2: than was that. Was it less
1: than that? I, I don't know how yeah, many it was. I went but, to
2: 25 the, the year oh, I came back. Okay in 2003 and I had, cause I had, I only went to a limited amount, but I had shoulder surgery, you know, in there too as well. And so that was, you know, I, I made the cut and then I came home, got it fixed and then got to come back before the season, you know, that's what, I, I mean, I got to listen to all this crap, you know, I mean, like I said, I, this steps on toes to a lot of people, but this is black and white. This is the, this true as it gets. This is somebody eats, sleeps, and breathes winning first. It, you know, no different than a basketball game today. We play for a state championship. Hey, you can have all the damn talent you want to, but until you have that horse leading you, you might as well stay at home. Mm-hmm. It's all about fixing. It's all about your fixing your horse, your trust. What, what, what makes your confidence sky high is doing the right thing every single run. Not one out of ten, that's where your bind games come into play. When when those girls leave here, they are smiling. They are like, holy crap, this is the way it's supposed to go? I mean, I had no idea you're supposed to uh, – this is supposed to be fun. If you're saying the F word and you're stomping and you're spurning and you're whipping, hey, that ruins my day. It ruins my day. <laughs> I, I try to get to a day without doing that. I mean, the patience – we've all like Joe Beaver says we we there's none of us grew up with a silver spoon we came up the hard way we did it the right way we trusted the process is what separated us from the others we trusted Mm -hmm. the process and that's all I'm doing now is I'm training the process I put my own little twist on it it's exactly the way I did it you can listen to it or you can tell me to shut up I don't care. You tell me to shut up or you just drive right on down the road and find somebody else. But if you trust this process that I'm telling you, the calves, the, the, the setups, your arena setups, and you're fixing the problem with your horse daily, that is the only thing that fixes your mind games. With With doing all that, that fixes your winning percentage. When you're winning, what mind games do you have? When you're sucking is when the mind games come into play. You're not trusting the process. You're not leaving here and carrying that process with you to the rodeo. Only thing that changes at the rodeo, it's going to happen a little faster. That's the only thing that's going to happen. Don't let them jerk your shorts down. Be sharp at the barrier. Be sharp with your rope. Be sharp with your body position, your core, your being drove over the front, and get consistent at more getting checked. That's the only thing that fixes the mind game, and then right. the, then it's just up to you how much you want to work and how hard you want to drive and how far you want to go to be a world champion, or you want to be in the top fifteen, or you want to be in the top thirty. Then mm-hmm. it, then that becomes your work ethic. Right. I'm not going to try to sell you on jogging four miles before we rope.
1: I want to get you. <laughs> well, to the not going to do that. So
2: <laughs> I want to get you to the process in two weeks. Why in the hell would I want to get in tip-top shape? If I'm doing it right, when I get halfway down the rope, I'm putting the brakes on. I'm not I'm not running a marathon. I'm about being in the perfect position, setting it up, blocking my calf off, running 10 calves a day. I don't have to run 200 calves a day. I'm so dialed in and so focused. You want me to tie 10 and 8? Run them in there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's the only thing that fixes a mind game is being 100% prepared, having your horse 100% and go get you five checks out of 10, not one out of 10, because that's what plays the mind game. Yeah. That's really good.
1: Well, and I think, too, like like you said, you know, nothing – when you get to the rodeo, nothing changes. And I think that that's a mistake. I mean, I've made several times. It's like I do it at home, and, and like you said, we we pr- tried to perfect it as much, put in the work, whatever you think that is for you. And then I get there, and then you're like, oh, gosh, i got to think now. When like at home, mm-hmm. you know, you weren't thinking, you know, you were roping, you were Ooh. reacting, you were focused in, you were dialed in, but then you get there and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I got to think.
2: So what, so what you're talking about when you're practicing, You're well, when you practice on a rodeo calf, it takes all the thinking out of it. You're just nodding, mm-hmm. and hauling ass, right? You're just nodding mm-hmm. and going. But until you run that calf that's a little off the pace, I'm not talking about a loper, I'm not talking about a barn burner, I'm talking about the perfect roping calf. Cause you're going to the rodeo and you you think you're tuned up. You hadn't even, you hadn't even attempted to score. You're just nodding and going, nodding and going, nodding and going. You know, they come here. I'm going to try a horse today, but you know, we've been doing this process on my good horses, but I'm going to bring in a new horse. Well, last week that happened. She turns around in there. She backs this horse in the box. Whoa, 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 whoa. We ain't even talked. What's your goal right here? Are you, are you going to nod and ride? Are you going to come across her and throw two calls and see if she's tight? Are you going to run him up in there and, and see if he'll pick up and do all things? What What's our plan here? Are we going mm-hmm. to stay this process? Or are we going to, are you going to just try to expose him and see if he's going to be, you know, if he's going to get you or he's going to be the ticket, you know, you, you've got to have that plan and roping them good calves gives you a plan. You got, mm-hmm. Hey, I know this calf. I got to see a point of his shoulder. Hey, this calf goes on a little bit. I can just, I can nod and I can just cruise across here, take my rodeo start and do my deal.
1: You know, Raymond, a lot had been, you know, when he rode a lot of younger horses and stuff like that a few years ago, they roped the dummy because he said, you know, that was the most controlled atmosphere you could have over and over and over again to create that pattern. But this kind of makes me think a little bit similar to that. I mean, no, they're not rodeo calves. Like they're going to, you know, blast you every time, but this is the closest thing you can get to a live animal that's a more of a controlled scenario, a controlled situation where you can really ask yourself and your horse for the best that you can be on each of sure. these scenarios.
2: I've, I've got 15 calves loaded. There's going to be two in there that are medium fast. You still got to let that calf take that start, and then he's going to make you drive your horse. After you've done, done all these right things, He's going to make you drive and, and your throw's going to be four swings. You know what I mean? But it, mm-hmm. it's going to be that rodeo feel. It's not going to be, he's not going to be kind of waiting on you like a sitting duck right there, you know? And, right. and, and that's another thing. I'm, I'm so, I mean, I call it sick in the head because I'm so invested in this and, and I know every little muscle that, that I pull when I rope the dummy, which one pulls, which one pulls when I'm going to my throw on my horse. Which one's in the lead? Which one's behind me? Which one's driving through the swell? What's the feel of what I'm squeezing in my lower butt? What's, this, what's the muscles that I'm using right there when I really get that sweet spot feel? You know what I mean? So if I'm standing there roping the dummy flat-footed, I don't want no part of that feel. So what what is that equivalent to? I'm riding a $2,500 horse. I'm pumping my mm-hmm. I'm pumping my hips forward to back like I'm trying to get this slow ass horse to get closer. I mean, what part <laughs> of that field? Do you, what part of that field do you want? I mean, climbing up on a deck to rope a dummy. You're roping the wrong damn dummy. You know, <laughs> I, for instance, I take my dummy to Shea goods. He says, "Well, what does that dummy cost?" I tell him. He said, "Dang, that's a little high." I said, "Well, how high is a dummy that don't work?" Yeah. how many times are you going to rope that dummy that don't work Yeah. W- what did that thing cost I know it didn't cost much cheaper than that thing <laughs> it's pretty expensive is- if, it ain't, if it ain't the right angle and if it ain't the right loop and if it's the wrong dummy well, I'm going to stand there and rope that a hundred times you know what you don't get is like we all grew up roping a bell of hay and a calf head is it was? Did it turn out to be the, the greatest way? Nope. It's just how good them guys were. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not. There ain't nothing about sending the rope down the cast back like I'm standing there. I got my elbow beside me, and I'm roping the crap out of this dummy. That is no part of nodding, coming up, breaking over, and that shoulder coming up an extra three or four inches as you're squeezing through the swell, mm-hmm. and you got that tip down and broke over. I mean, I got yeah. my daughter so locked into that, that first swing and being up and that shoulder coming up three or four inches and roping this rope, smart dummy. I've signed some contracts in the past. Oh man. Oh yes, yeah. That's the greatest damn dummy in the world. This is the greatest <laughs> invention in the world. This horse, this product right here will freaking cure everything Poor shit. I just wanted the money. Yeah. Put my name put my name on it. Wire me twenty five thousand. I'm good with it. But <laughs> I'm telling you what, the products I'm endorsing now is stuff that works, stuff that I believe in. It took him two hours to convince me that this is the this is the dummy. This is the technology. This is the perfect dummy to teach you, especially from the get go. If you already don't have any bad habits and you're just learning, <laughs> it's gonna teach you the perfect angle it's going to have you kind of breaking over your palm of your feet and getting your tip, tip of your toes down, and it's going to get that shoulder coming up that first wing, and it's going to get the angle to your rope perfect. And if you don't do this correct, it will tell on you. You'll shoot mm-hmm. that thing across there like you threw a boomerang over the top of it. <laughs>
1: well, that's what but we the dummy this- we have that Raymond built. Um, you know, I, I never had roped it easy to stand on the right side of it, but like you're saying, with your elbow down. I mean, everybody can catch over there, you know, and like you're sure. saying, unless your dummy is designed to, you know, call you out. But I'm telling you what, you better have a football helmet on if you step around and, and do something different yeah. and try to rope it because it will come back <laughs> fast.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm, I am a huge fan on stepping with my left foot. Until you're sick-minded, about the exact muscle, exact hip muscle, exact quad muscle that you're pulling when you're driving to the perfect spot in your saddle. Until you feel all of that, you'll never buy in to why you step with your left foot. But- As you're stepping with the left foot, you're with your – Okay, so if I'm standing there, if I'm standing there and I'm pretending to be on my horse in the box, I nod my head, I'm pretending to drop my hand forward, I'm stepping with my right foot first. Why would I do that? I'm I'm pretending I'm leaving my saddle horn to the left. I'm stepping to the right, and I'm getting over the front of the, of the swell two foot what the feeling feels like when you do it. So if you're wanting to get that first swing down and be sharp as you can possibly be, standing there with your rope cocked, your hand just like you have it, the reins in your hand. And you drop the hammer, you drop your left hand, and what you're naturally doing is I'm, in my mind, visualizing my left hand going from where I'm standing square, say six or eight inches to the left as it's going, and my hand down, that's equivalent to pushing my horse to the to the pin where I'm headed. So if I do that when I nod and I step with my right foot, I'm a foot away from my left hand. So I'm a foot away from the saddle horn doing that. So if I'm standing there and I do that same process and I step with my left foot, because my horse is stepping forward at an angle to the left, to the pin. So if I'm stepping with my left foot and my left hand all in the same direction, my next step is going to be coming with my right foot because that muscle... know, your hip flexor muscle is tight when you step with your left as you're coming to the right. And that's the feel you're going to get as you're driving through that right swell Mm -hmm. with your right foot. And then when I rope the dummy, I'm going to finish driving with my left foot as I'm getting the same feel as driving my horse and being with him and breaking over and stepping with my left foot, my left hand, and my chin down. So what feel do you get when you step with the right foot? There's no flex that you're getting that feel driving through that swell. You're stepping. First thing that happens is your right ass cheek is tucked up under you. So you're going to get the feel of naturally wanting to sit back in your delivery and your chin's coming up. Mm -hmm. There's no way you can stay True to the process if you're visualizing all this on your horse. If you're stepping with your left, you're going with your horse, you're going with your saddle, you're going with your process, you're going with the tip of your rope. Your right one squares you back up, kind of brings you square, and then as you're coming with that power punch, it's stepping back down with your horse through your delivery. Right. And that's i well, I'll take everything I've thrown in one, and I'll throw it in the trash. Well, I, I think you've proved that's the right way to do it. And if I so really said, I'm not, I'm not telling you I'm better than anybody else. It was handed down to us. This is the way the greatest guy ever to do it was Roy Cooper. We all copied that process. You yeah. copied somebody's process. Joe Beaver's dad. Same reason. We all co- trusted the process. We all came through that old little cycle right there. It it was the best way, and it's still Mm -hmm. the best way. 2 handing your slack ain't the best way. 2 handing all the way to the calf's head damn sure ain't the best way. The best way is staying close to your horse, taking the tug away from the calf, one-handed with your left hand on the saddle horn or close to it, taking the calf's momentum away from him, making post up and be reaching with your right hand. When norm when the normal now is to be standing there flat footed, the calf makes a little move into you, your feet are together, you're not driving, you're not your legs aren't braced up, you're not anybody can push you over. What do you think a two hundred and forty pound calf's gonna do to you when the rope pitch you and you got your hands together and your feet together? It ain't gonna work. And it don't freaking work, and you wonder why your horse don't quit your horses quit working is because what trains a great horse is a snap to the saddle horn. You take a, you double barrel your slack five times in a row. All of a sudden, there's no tug to the saddle horn. There's no snap to the front end. There's no snap to get that one-two punch right back out of it and clean your go up. And you're consistently getting a inconsistent go at your calf. But then here we are again on tie-downed open, and we're not talking tie open. So. <laughs> well,
3: i tell you what. I think
2: after some girls
3: listen to this, if I was a girl, I would be headed to your house. And I think
2: well, that, that's, that's don't not the ultimate me, goal. Me. The, the ultimate goal is just listen and trust the process. I'm not, I, I, don't, I don't have to have you. I have a great job. I love what I'm doing. And I love helping girls that want to be great. Well, if you're coming he here because your mom and dad want you to come here, you're coming to the wrong place. You want me to find it's... you a horse? You're coming to the wrong place. I'll train you one. But you want a horse? Joe Beaver's your man. You want a full-fledged <laughs> roping lesson? Joe Beaver is your man. You want a quick tune-up? You want to sharpen the sharpest tools you think you've already got? I'm your man. <laughs> yeah. You want an hour and a half of my time? I'll give you an hour and a half of my time and 100% of it. Well, I let's, tell you what. Let's, let's get over mm-hmm. that. Let's get over that. I, I, my daughter, I said, hey, honey, we're not going to do this for a living if we're not going to be in the top ten percent.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: There's thousands I I of them good. Related. There's thousands of them blowing up credit cards. We ain't doing it. We're going to win, and we're going to win big, or we're not. We're going. We're going to go a different angle.
3: Well, that's great, man. I really. Appreciate you coming on here today and talking to us. This is, this has been great. And if there's some girls and guys don't get something, you know, out of this today, that that's on them. Because you're, you're the, you're the, you're the greatest that's done this. You, you've proved that by everything you've won. Um, You know, I, I really appreciate you coming on here. And like I said, I know you're riding a lot of horses and you're training horses for people. And uh, you're having ropings and these schools. And, man, I'm so glad you're still involved with this and doing it to make everybody better. And I just really appreciate it.
2: Oh, you know, I here's the deal. you're what These deals you're going to, that's not getting you any better. When you come here, I'm getting you better for Walla Walla, Washington. I'm getting you better for Ellensburg, Washington. I'm getting you better for a nod and ride at Northside. It doesn't matter where you're going. We're My process is to get you better every run. You've got to learn mm-hmm. to score. You've got to learn to pick your horse up. you got to learn to, to rope gaining on a calf a little faster. You've got to learn to do all the things it takes for you to be great past junior ropings and the V.
1: Right.
2: It ain't nod, ride, throw it straight out there, and the calf runs and you lose. Them days yeah. are over when you're 19. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I, I have one more question for you, Cody. I ask everybody who comes on my podcast, um, if you could go back and tell your younger self something, what would it be and why?
2: You know, I I don't know. I, I just try to you know, uh <laughs> you know, with me, uh you know, it's two hundred and it's almost close close to two hundred and seventy days alcohol free for me. And, you know, it it's the only it's the only way for me now and it should have been long time ago you know you know people until people put these boots on that i wear joe beaver wears fred whitfield wears the greatest in the world wears you know you don't get it you know it's it's we've done it the wildest way we've done it the funnest way there is better ways you know i wouldn't trade anything we've done but you you know, and it never took away from my work ethic. You know, it didn't matter if I was hung over or, or drove all night or partied all night. It never took away from my work ethic. I was gonna run hundred a day, didn't make a crap how I felt, you know, but you've got to you gotta keep that head on, you gotta keep you know, you can get out there and get consumed and, and partying over overcomes your winning pretty quick, you know, and you know, and it to me it derailed my life. I'm not ashamed of it. One ounce, it took well, me to your rock life's bottom. Not over.
3: To, and look at the past. It's not over, now. but
2: it, I got. I grabbed a hold of it before it was too late. You know, God kept me here for a reason. Kept me here for my kids. Kept me here for my daughter's dreams. And you know, you, you got to. You got to do it right. You got to do it right. And you know, drinking and staying out all night ain't the way to do it. It was the funnest way to do it. I don't gonna say it's the greatest way to do it. <laughs> but uh you know if 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 you're wanting to go over the top it's uh it's staying hooked to the process it's staying dialed in you know you can't go to four different guys and, and take all these ideas and think you're gonna wrap them up into one you take one guy that's close you think your style's closest to and you stay hooked to that you don't go and don't i've got kids that come here and then they go to joe's and then they go to marty becker's and then they go to Trent Walls' and they go to Roy Cooper's. Man, when you come here, I don't want to tell you no more than five things because if I tell you six, you're going to forget one of them. There's not 49 things. There ain't 49 things to this. This is as gimmick-free when you pull in my driveway as you'll get anywhere. It's the raw truth. There's five things normally that I need to change on you to fix or to better. It might be doing it right. Just need to better it there's yeah. five things and like i said 90% of the time if i tell you six things you're going to forget one of them so i keep it to the point and you're doing it, those and those five things right things are going to get better
1: well i think that's great advice and i mean i'm proud of you for for being on that streak and, and making that bold choice and you know your life is a testimony you know not just because of what you won but because of where you're at now too and you know i think that's the biggest thing i've learned is it's not so much our words as our actions as people, you know, focus on. And, and I think you're doing that. And so, you know, as a, a fellow roper, I'm appreciative of you. And as a person, you know, I know we're all people and you don't know what people's go, people are going through. So, you know, just always be kind and generous and put a smile on your face because you just don't ever know, you know, when that might matter
2: or when it does. And sure, you know, that's it's my number one. If we're not if you're not riding in the box and I can't jack with you, you smile before you nod. <laughs> It ain't going to work. You know what I mean? <laughs> we talk this, this about that every day. This has got to be a fun process. Sailor can have hell on three calves. And I said, Would you please stop or I'll say something stupid? And she can't do nothing but giggle or laugh. The next calf, we are dialed in. I said, I can chill your ass for 20 minutes. There's no use in it. You know what to do right. You know what you're doing wrong. Fix it. Right. But first off, fix that attitude. Let's smile one time. And I'll give her a bad gate, and she'll get pissed. And I go, oh, "I'm gonna give you another bad gate." Teach smile, and then <laughs> boom, here we go. Then we're on the right foot. We're all having fun, and we're all getting better. Yep, that's great.
3: Well, Cody, again, we we really appreciate this, uh, man. It's it's been great stuff. Uh, I think you're gonna, I think you're gonna have lots of girls stopping by your house on 281. We're gonna be one of them. And so I really really appreciate you talking to us, you know, and as far as I'm concerned, it's coming from the best.
2: And Well, I appreciate it, but it means a lot and you know, I put a lot into it. You know, it's not a you can take it too far, it and you know, you and go in reverse. There's it's a simple, simple process, but you gotta stay hooked to it.
1: Well, is there any way, so, you know, as far as people wanting to get in touch with you, if they want to set up a time to come rope with you, what does that look like? What's the best way for people to to get a hold of you and and all the things you've got going on?
2: I mean, I'm 90% just on uh, Messenger or Instagram, official Cody O, or, you know, I put my phone number out there. It's on all the flyers that we do ropings and stuff. I'm not, I'm not that guy. You, you can have my number. Uh text me or, or send me a message on Instagram, or uh, better than that, just show up on a Sunday and, and enter, enter a couple of times. You're going to get six quality runs, and then we'll we'll visit from there if you want to visit.
1: Yeah. Well, and you guys have been having some really good ropings in Higo. Uh, You know, I'm excited when we get back down there a little bit this spring to maybe come over there and rope. Um, how long are you sure. going to have those ropings, and, and what do they look like?
2: Well, I mean, another thing I'm proud of is, and it's the reason I post a couple times a week. You know, there's four-by-eight banners on the fence that get shout-outs every single time I nod my head out there. We've got great national sponsors that believe in what I'm doing, and not only that, they believe in the girls. I have not made one single text or call to anybody about being a sponsor for girls that have said no yet. Right. Every I mean I, I add money because it's not coming out of my pocket. I'm adding money right. because the people on the fence believe in what y'all are doing. Mm-hmm. They believe in your smiling faces. They believe in your process. They believe in you know, y'all y'all haven't had it fair. They want they want to see y'all do good and they're giving back, they're putting money into the I'm adding twenty five hundred dollars every roping, adding money to every age group. It's because of national sponsors. It's American Hats. It's rock and roll. It's it's Hui. It's uh, Frontier Rodeo Coffee. You name it. list goes on and on. Bill Fick Ford. I mean, it's all people that get us down the road daily. It's the right. same people that are on the fences at the National Final Rodeo that are in the fence of my arena, believing what we're doing and giving back to y'all.
1: Well, and that's important, you know, and just having those, those people behind us, I think, drives us to, to do better and step up as professionals in and out of the arena. But if y'all have a chance, sure. go over to Heiko, um, check out Cody on all things social media, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I know he's having some great ropings every Sunday, and he'll keep those up. So y'all check it out. And Cody, thank you for coming to this show, and, and we appreciate your time.
2: You bet. I appreciate you guys.
1: Thank you for joining
0: us on In the Loop Breakway Roping Podcast. I truly appreciate all of your loyal support. Don't forget to leave me a review. Share this episode with a friend. And if you have any questions, I want to hear from you. Email me at jordan at the Podcast.com.
1: Go check us out. Sign up for our newsletter. Get our email alerts, text alerts, and all things breakaway roping. I appreciate you guys, and I'll see you down the road.